Welcome to TC Daily, the technology show brought to you by Tech Central. If you haven't subscribed to the show yet, please do so. You can do that at youtube.com slash techcentral. And while you're, while you're at it, why not subscribe to our daily newsletter at techcentral.co.za slash newsletter, and you'll get all the latest local and international news delivered to your inbox at 5 a.m. every morning. Now, I'm very pleased to welcome today's guest into the studio. We're going to be talking all things broadcasting and streaming, and the future of television, really. And um, our guest today is Nico Shiburi, who is Chief Executive of Multi-Choice uh, South Africa. Nico, it's good to see you. Welcome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Duncan. Good to see you again. It's been a while. I think uh, we started interacting many, many years ago when I was still responsible for technology and multi-choice. Yes. Uh, yeah, broadcast technology. We were just yeah. talking about uh, when we uh, first met, which launch it was. Uh, it yeah. was you were saying it was the uh, the launch of the... It was the... It was the launch, when I met you the first time, I think it was Explorer 2 launch. Explorer 2 launch. Okay, yeah, I can't so remember how many years ago, but... Quite a few. Yeah, quite years quite some ago. few years ago, yeah. Um, but you've been with Multi-Choice Group now for about 16 years. Yes. You, uh, you started on the uh, mobile broadcasting project, uh, yeah. DVB-H, which... Uh, which uh, is, it, is that standard even around anymore? I, I actually don't know if it's still around, <laughs> but, what I, but what I do remember, uh, we were the second country to actually launch after, oh, wow. after Italy back mm. then. I mean, we started trialing uh, at the time. It was called DSTV Mobile, Mobile TV. It was, mm. it was back in 2006. And that's actually when I came across MultiChoice at the time, which was uh, starting out as a contractor yeah. uh, for mobile TV, building out networks. Yeah. And right. I did that for about four years before I joined the group permanently. It was uh, an interesting time, actually. I remember those devices. There was a, it was yeah. a Nokia, I think you said. Uh, yeah, there was a Nokia, and then we had a Sajem yes. uh, phone, and then, oh, you're taking me back now. And uh, and then later on, we did those iDrifters and, and Walkers and mm. so forth. Yeah, yeah, it was a very interesting time. I think at the time in the world, we're still not clear how exactly this technology will evolve and how mobile TV, mm. uh, you know, will get, will get consumption. You know, if you think about it now, uh, we all forget how hard... We we were uh, difficult things were in the past, you know, yeah. around how do you broadcast? You know, there was such there was nothing like zero rating of data and so forth back then. Data you know, was very you know, very data very was expensive. very expensive. Yeah, and this and this DVBH technology was meant to answer that question, mm. you know. Yeah. But it was very, I suppose it was very difficult technically to have to do both because you still needed to broadcast through using your normal television frequencies, you know, yeah. UHF and so forth. Hence, you needed those aerials. Yeah, on the devices, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a nice evolution over time. There were a few handset manufacturers at the time who came up yes. with DVBH, but it never really took off on a. On yeah, a it never really. Yeah, yeah, it never really took off. I think even just the form factor made it a bit difficult, mm. and even for for customers overall, right? That yeah. you have this device, you have to have an aerial that you pull out, and so forth. Yeah, I think that's what made it a little bit quite difficult. And then the internet, mobile internet, of course. Yeah, and then mobile internet, of course. To, yeah, to get then there was a huge improvement. Um, around the compression compression technology, you know, which then made it easier to send data through through internet, rather, yeah. yeah and I think that's what changed over time. So, t- tell me a bit about your your career. Um, you uh, you had a, some career before joining Multi Choice. Yeah. Are you an engineer by training? Yes, I am. Okay. I actually studied uh, electrical engineering. Okay. Uh, electronics on the electronics side, not not this high power stuff. Right. Yeah, I was too scared. You know, so, <laughs> don't so want to get electrocuted. Yeah, I didn't want to get electrocuted. So for me, in, after five volts, that's why pl- that's the space I played. Very not wise. 220. Yeah, not that side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's what I did. I did digital tech ma- many, many, many years ago. And and uh, and actually, my first job 
was fiber splicing. You know, mm -hmm. so I used to do fiber splicing many, many years back before before it became fashionable. Right. Uh, we used to do fiber underground and so forth. And then over years, then I moved from that to project management. Um, and uh, yeah, and that's actually when I when I joined MultiChoice was a project manager for for DVBH uh, network rollout. Yeah. You know, that's that's what uh, that that's what I was doing with MultiChoice. Mm. As a uh, as a contractor at the time, and right? Then I, yeah, and then I joined twenty ten. Yeah, I joined full time, full time twenty ten. Right. Yeah. World Cup year. Just yeah, I remember it was just after the World Cup year. Uh -huh. Yeah. So I joined uh, as a senior manager, broadcast engineering, and one of the big projects that I was responsible for then was the Go TV network rollout in the continent. Okay. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's your that's digital terrestrial television that's our TTT, network. Yeah, network rollout. Yeah, and that was a really fascinating project. Mm. You know, multiple countries. Just learning how to do stuff at at scale, you know, that was a major project. Yeah. Then I then from there I, I moved to decoders, so I looked after consumer devices, and I, th I think that's when I met you the first time mm. when we did the Explorer Two. Explorer. Yeah, mm. yeah, the Explorer Two. That was my big thing. Uh, then uh, yeah, then I, I ran the broadcast technology division for for quite some time, and then about 2018 I moved to Southern Region uh, in the multi-choice Africa business. So so I looked after nine countries for. Multi-choice Africa, so I did that for about three years, and then I got this job. Right. Yeah, in the middle of COVID. In the middle of COVID. Okay. <laughs> so how long? About two years. Yeah, now, yeah right? I started two years. Actually, December. <laughs> December now will be first uh, of December will be two, two years. Yeah. Two years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so first year coming back, no one at the office. Yeah. It was, yeah, it's just it was an interesting time. Great. Well, I'm yeah. I'm glad you have this um, extensive background in technology because I I'm also excited about broadcast technology and I'm quite keen yeah. to learn. Uh, what uh, MultiChoice uh, has in, in store. And you, of course, recently had a showcase event yeah. here in Johannesburg where yeah. you uh, took the wraps off some pretty exciting stuff that's coming down the line. Yeah. So I want to talk about that in some detail today. Yeah. And let's start with uh, a discussion on 4K yeah. because I think a lot of consumers are quite excited about the fact yeah. that 4K is coming to DSTV for the first time next yeah. month Yes. Uh, in time for the World Cup. It's going to be launched for the World Cup specifically. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, 4K has been around for quite some time, right? Uh, yeah. Even in South Africa, but like, you know, on the OTT side of things. But... It's one thing when you have to broadcast 4K, it's completely different when you're watching 4K that's already stored. Yes. You know, it's two different things. And that's really how you can summarize it very easily. And for us to get the broadcasting side has been a quite a lot of work to get it right, right? Because you have to get it from source, put it through the satellite, make sure that your studios are upgraded. It's quite a lot of mm -hmm. work. You know? And for us, uh, we're actually going through some testing now, make sure that we give our customers the best quality yep. service that they can get. And it's sometimes also some, some of the minor things around... What do you do when you go to an ad break, you know, because you can't switch from a 4K to an HD ad, right. you know, what do you do with the studios and all of that? So it's a really fascinating, fascinating time for us, but we're really excited about it. So, so what do you do with co content that you've got? For example, an ad that's, that's yeah. in 1080p. Yeah. Do you upscale it to 4K? Yeah, we, we prefer to get it native 4K mm -hmm. if we can. If we can't, then we'll, we'll upscale we'll it. We'll upscale it. Yeah. Fascinating. So when is the World Cup kickoff? It's uh, 20th of November, is it? 20th of November to 18th December. 20th of November to the 18th of December. So you've yeah. got uh, just over a month to yeah. to launch. Are you ready to go? Yeah, I think we're ready to go. Okay. Uh, we soon will be launching some test channels so that we can advise our uh, customers to look into whether they're compatible or not. They're able to see the channels. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and yeah, but I think we're ready. The guys have been working really, really hard to make sure that we get that right. You know, right across the whole entire value broadcast. Yeah. 
broadcast chain. Okay. Yeah. So th- you're launching on Supersport first. Yes. Uh, two channels, I believe? Two channels on Supersport. Uh, which channels? There'll be football channels, yeah? Real football channels. It'll, purely, it'll be just purely for the World Cup. So I presume the, the, uh, the grandstand channels, what used to be called Supersport 1, yeah, yeah, will yeah. be one this of the four. <laughs> no, no. So I think we're doing yeah. two, 217 and 219. Oh, so it won't be the, the yeah, grandstand yeah. channel? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Okay. we've got a far larger base of customers that still have HD, you know, so 4K is only on the Explorer Ultra. Ah, so you need to yeah. launch new channels. channels. We have to launch new channels. You can't channels. use the same channels. No, I can't oh. use the same channel. Okay, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So um, so y- are you going to have to run those simulcast channels, if you like, yes. for an extensive period of time going into the future? Yeah. Yeah. So after the so obviously after the World Cup, because mm. we won't have the feed, we're now into the planning of what do we do now, now that we've built this capability, you right. know, uh, producing content in 4K and running it across it's quite an expensive exercise. Yeah. So in this case, we're getting the feed directly in 4K. So that makes it a little bit easier to get it right. But thereafter, then we'll be able to announce what we're going to do going forward. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But I yeah. presume you'll look yeah. to do more sports absolutely. in 4K. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe general entertainment as absolutely. well. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're looking into maybe we're doing some 4K on the VOD side of things, you know. So maybe if you think of box office or catch mm. up, there's a piece of content we get on 4K, we'll be able to put it out there. So yeah, there's quite a number of exciting stuff that we're looking into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of uh, upgrade that, that's had to happen in studios. Uh, yeah. The feed you're getting is in 4K, so that makes yeah. it a bit easier. It's not that your own it 4K bit, yeah. feed that's being supplied in to 4K. you in 4K. Yes. Uh, is that feed available in 8K as a matter of interest? No, not that I'm aware no. of. Uh, no, not that I'm aware of. I think Maybe it's probably 4K. Maybe for the next World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, thank you, I'm not sure. But I know we're getting it in 4K. Right. I, I, don't, I don't know if it's in 8K or not. Right. I, I doubt, though, but yeah. yeah. It, there could be some 8K feeds where some other broadcasters are, are trialing out. Because mm. I remember... 8K was already in discussion many, many years ago. I still remember the IBC in Amsterdam yeah. four or five years back. Yeah. There was a discussion around 8K. But so few yeah, people have yeah. 8K TVs. So yeah, 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 very few people have 8K <laughs> TVs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, t- just to maybe get a little bit technical about the launch of, of 4K, mm-hmm. you've only la- your, all of your broadcasts up till now have been in up to 1080i yeah. uh, quality, right? Now that refers to the... Um, yeah. You're going to be able to explain this better than I can, but it's no. I think I think no. That one is far. It's even more <laughs> technical for me. I think the tech teams will explain right. it a little bit better than. But I it's would. interlaced. It's interlaced and scan and progressive scan. Yeah, I think yeah. honestly, that one the tech guys will be able to explain that far right. better. It's I've it's got to do with the what quality the motion you get. Yes, um, and 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 how you scanning before you produce the double line or something. double lines mm. or or you or you scanning every second line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's busy. I have to be honest. It's been quite, quite some time since I've been in that space. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so about four years now, five years. No, no, sure. Yeah. But, but um, there's obviously, uh, you know, given the satellite uh, bandwidth is very, very expensive, yes. you make use of advanced compression yes. uh, methodologies to, yes. to to get that uh, that those channels broadcast into people's homes. Yes. Um, now, uh, you've um, been using H.264, I think it is, compression on your yep. existing broadcasts. Yep. You're now moving to something new yep. for your 4K broadcast. Maybe just yeah, take a Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, we're going to HEVC. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, which just allows us to compress the content a lot more better. Is that the same as H.265? That's H.265. Same thing? Same thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. High-efficiency video coding, I think. Uh-huh. That's yes. the HEVC mm. part. Mm. Yes, yes. Yeah, because if we had to do this using MPEG-4, it'll, it'll kid us. You know, kill the satellite. It'll kill the satellite, <laughs> yeah. So we're doing it in HEVC H2, yeah, mm. H.265, right. which just allows us to compress. So to give you an idea... Um, we, you know, the high level numbers because we also use uh, adaptive bit rate. So okay. depending on the quality of picture, we yeah. compress and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. So if we did this in MPEG-4, uh, it would be about 40 megabits per second. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly on satellite. And we, we're getting about 1820. So it's about half. 
Wow. You know, with HEVC. So, without, so somewhere there, yeah. Without really losing any picture Without quality. losing any picture quality and so forth. Mm-hmm. But the interesting thing that, uh, that you normally find is that the better the compression, the more stuff you do. It's not the other way around, you know. As soon as when you compress, you get to find more other reasons to do stuff. You yes. actually end up doing more stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, so that's the that's what we're doing. So we're using HEVC, and as you know, our Explorer Ultra comes with HEVC mm-hmm. support. Yeah, whereas yeah. the the older generations decoders uh, still go only go up to MPEG four. Right. Yeah. You, so you need one of these ultra decoders if you Absolutely. want to watch the World Cup in four K. Are you Absolutely. expecting a big boom in 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 DSTV Explorer Ultra sales ahead of the World we, Cup? We are. We're already getting a lot of inquiries. Uh, okay. Lots of lots of movement. Uh, but talking about the ultra itself, if you look at the device, you know, for, we define it as a hybrid device mm-hmm. because you're getting both satellite as well. You're getting your OTTs onto the box, yes. you know. Also in 4K. Yeah. Also, yeah. Um, um, yeah. Also, some they, they, do, they do some of the stuff in 4K. So, so the that hybrid functionality allows you to bring the OTT world mm-hmm. into the sat- satellite world, you know. So already there's been a lot of activity in the market around the fact that we've simplified things for the customer mm-hmm. and put the OTT devices onto the, onto the Ultra as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wanted to ask um, how important it is for multi-choice to be seen as a technological leader. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, um, a big chunk of, of your uh, base doesn't, probably doesn't have access to 4K TVs. I'd imagine that a broadcaster like Sky in the UK or yeah. Comcast in the US... Uh, can expect their their um, customer base to, to probably have access lo- to much more advanced technologies than you would mm. in the African context in which multi-choice operates. Mm. How important it is is it for you to launch 4K and to launch these be seen to be launching these latest technologies? Yeah. It's extremely it's extremely important for us. I mean, for us it actually goes back to our heritage, right? Yeah, I said to you earlier that we we were um, we were pr- probably the second country in the world to all, to launch TVBH commercially. Yeah, remember correctly. After and you were one of the first digital yeah. satellite broadcasters yeah, yeah, yeah. in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Outside, mm-hmm. definitely outside America, we yeah. know we 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 know that. You know, mm-hmm. so for us, being innovative and being a technology forefront has always been in our DNA. It's always been part of our DNA, and it just allows you to move forward and improve the customer experience. Mm-hmm. You know, for us, it's really about how. What else can we bring? using technology to improve the customer experience. That's the key thing. And for us, being seen as a tech business um, or tech-led ahead business is quite important for us, that we continuously drive and see how can we improve things for the customer and be at the forefront of technology. Because if you're not, you can get easily disrupted, right? So if you think that this is the only way you do things and you're sitting back and hoping that nothing changes, Mm. if there's one thing we know has got the biggest disruption in, in any industry that you can think of, Technology, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every every major disruptions you've seen recently in any industry is, techn- is technology led. Mm-hmm. So it's quite important for us to always make sure that we stay in the forefront of that. And I imagine also um, the people who are uh, are looking forward to 4K and these latest and most advanced services are your premium customers. Yes. Uh, these are the guys who are paying a top dollar for for, for the services. They're probably your um, probably generating your most margin as well, I'd imagine. So, so keeping them sweet and keeping them happy is important. Yeah, yeah it's a, but it's also so from a customer perspective, absolutely. You know, we have to do that. We keep the boundaries, but it's also for us internally to keep our teams motivated and also uh, you know attract talent. You mm. know, <laughs> no one wants to work for a company. No yeah. one really wants to work in a place where there's no innovation. Yeah. you're not pushing the boundaries. You're not working on exciting stuff and so forth. So I think. Overall, if you look at right through all the stakeholders involved in our business, it's quite key for us to always keep that technology advancement, you know, that you're not just sitting still like a lame duck waiting for something to come through and change things for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So another announcement that you made at DSTV Showcase, which is probably the one I'm most excited about, is, is the announcement about DSTV Glass. Yes. Uh, now, uh, this is a, uh, actually a product that was developed by Sky, and you've partnered with them. You've, you've got a, a licensing arrangement with yeah. them, I believe. Yeah. But you're also doing your own R&D work around, and you're, you're going to be bringing your own yeah. elements to the Glass Absolutely. platform. Yeah. Uh, for, for those who haven't come across it yet, what is DSTV Glass, first of all? Yeah. And what's it going to bring to your consumers? Yeah. So it actually goes back quite some time, you know, uh, some, some time ago. Uh, in, in fact, w when I was uh, in the technology area, we, we, we scattered around the world uh, to look for something similar, which was for us, was at the time we looked at how can we integrate uh, the decoder into the, into the TV, but give customers a great customer experience. And at the time, we, could, we really couldn't find anything out there that was quite exciting, you know. Uh, without getting too much into the technical detail, uh, the stuff that we do on the decoders are not uh, are, are quite difficult to do on a, inside a TV set. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, you know, there's a whole lot of things you have to do with the security. There's a whole lot of stuff that you have to do. If you think of the old smart card, and you know, so at the mm -hmm. time we were not we were not ready because we had to think about okay, we, do we ship this TV? What do we do with the card slot, the smart mm -hmm. card? So we were not ready, and. Uh, and and then about you know a year or two years ago uh, we, we 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 met with the Sky team and we we came across uh, this card glass and as they say as they said and I think they said it very nicely you know a television made for TV mm -hmm. you know which talks about user experience customer experience how do you make content discovery easy and so forth and the, and hence we, we we got into the syndication agreement with them uh, that we can build something around the Sky and you can see if you look at the technical features. And how the 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 the, the sky glass has been built? We think we now have found something that we can really make it work for our market. Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, and when you think about it, it's a, a it, it's built as a internet first connection, satellite second, which signals also our big intention mm -hmm. that we are really moving forward and adopting um, um, and adopting digital. Yeah. You know, so we're starting to think a little bit differently yeah. around digital and satellite and so because we have to we, ha mm. we have to be so in that migration so let me try and describe this thing because I, I, yeah. I did get a chance to play with the, the showcase yeah. for a couple of minutes yeah. and uh, someone from sky gave me a quick demo yeah it's it's a tv it's a smart tv yeah there are three sizes yeah uh there's a a, a baby one one yeah it's like 32 inches or something yeah, yeah. then there's a 55 French, inch yeah and a 65 and inch. there's a crud mini the 65 crud inch. <laughs> I've got an 85-inch TV. I don't know what you want to do. I don't know what's the correct number. Anyway, beautiful design. It's actually, I think it's borrowed a lot of design elements from Apple. Uh, it looks like an iMac. Yeah. Um, very square, comes yeah. in different colors. Yeah. Uh, it's got an integrated sound bar. Uh, yeah. uh, and uh, it's, it's, uh, it sounds good. It looks good. Yeah. Um, the UI is very is probably the the most interesting aspect of it, of course. Uh, you say it's it's streaming first. Does it actually have an integrated satellite decoder inside? Can you connect it to a satellite? Yeah, so so we're busy right now finalizing the actual specification of what okay. we're going to be. But it's designed that you know when you move into your home, and if you look at it, if you look at if you look at your your lot, especially these new developments now, right? Everybody get, has access to fiber and internet and so forth. So the idea of it is you get home, put it on a fancy wall. Switch on, connect it to a Wi-Fi, and then everything is sorted out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So right now we're busy finalizing on what other, 
what other uh, spec would have to go in there. So you haven't decided yet whether it'll be satellite? Yeah, whether it'll have a satellite tuna or not. Wow. Yeah. That shows radical change. Yeah, it's a big change. Choice, yeah, right? it's a big change. It's a huge, huge Might change. Might not have a satellite receiver. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah. You're getting the streaming religion, are you? Yeah, we, 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 have, we, we, have, to, we have to really uh, adopt. I mean, if you think, if you look at what's happening now in the television space, mm. in the past, you always had... Uh, the people's first entry to pay television was through satellite. Now, as time has progressed, and of course, COVID accelerated it, mm-hmm. um, a lot of fa- first pay television entrants, people coming to pay television, is through OTT, mm-hmm. right? So they go OTT first, and then they come to satellite, right? right? And you might find people that don't do that, that they don't like. So you, you want to make sure that you're also playing in that game. Yeah. And hence, there's this big transformation on our side to make sure that we, 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 we embrace and, and uh, you know, Digital, digital or OTT transmission, yeah. yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, and it's just much simpler. It simplifies a lot of things, you yeah. know. You, as I said, you get in home. I mean, we've simplified our sign-up journey now on our, on our streaming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you try it. You see it's very few clicks to, 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 yeah. to sign up, and you get that instantly. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to wait for somebody to come to your house, put a thing, you know. Yeah. If you've got internet, you sign up immediately. Yeah. And it works during a thunderstorm as well. And it works through <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so the, the user interface, and I, didn't, I must um, preface this and say I didn't get a lot of time to play with it, but, uh, yeah. and I'm guessing the interface I was looking at was really the Skyglass interface yes. rather than what DSCV is going to be doing with that interface. But it, yeah. it was really interesting and made discovery of content very easy, and I guess that's the intention with Absolutely. this. Absolutely. So... Uh, the demonstra- in the demonstration I got, um, you would search for a program or a, or a movie, or it would recommend stuff to you. Yeah. And it would show me content on there that's not necessarily from Sky, yeah. and I presume won't necessarily be from DSTV. Yeah. So I want to watch, a, wanna watch a, an action movie, and it might pop up stuff from something Disney and Netflix, yes. or, or something from Catch Up yes. uh, to watch, etc., etc. So it's an interesting approach, because you really are embedding what are competitive uh, uh, streaming services into your own platform. You're giving them almost first-class citizenship within your own ecosystem. And some people would say, are you crazy? <laughs> it does sound like, yeah, right? <laughs> no, but you know, Duncan, I think if you, if you think back of, of uh, how the multi-choice business has been built, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's always been built around creating a platform where people can find the best content. Um, so if you think of MNET back in the days, it started as a signal channel where we were creating our own pieces of content, and then you create, and then and third-party content, you created a channel. Mm-hmm. Then you moved to DSTV, right, where it was third-party content and your own content to create the multiple channels. Yeah. And now with, 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 with all the, the w- with most of the studios going directly to the customer, to, to the customer, uh, you know, you also, then you cr- you're moving into the next generation, super aggregation which is now you create a destination where mm-hmm. people can find the content regardless of where it's coming from. So if you, if you just think about that, it's a continuous evolu- uh, evolution of, the, of what we've always been doing, that we're creating a, a, a destination where you can find the best content that you're looking for. Yeah. That's actually what we really are about. You know, it's creating a destination where people can find the content. Okay. And, that and, simplici- and that simplicity for the customer, what you just explained around content discovery mm. is about simplicity for the customer. You know, one of the things that we did that most people take for granted is the fact that with your ultra remote, you can control so many things. Yes. It's such a, something that you don't think about, but customers really appreciate that about our ultra device, that I don't have to have three, 
<laughs> three remote controls mm. no? with just that one remote i'm able to switch i can switch off my television yes. set off change the hdmi input if i've got a playstation that i've connected mm. and so forth if i want to watch content from different other providers i can also do that so for us at the center piece is about creating a destination where the customer mm. can find the best content that they're looking for so it really admitting that the, co- the competition's out there and uh, um, it's not a uh, it's not a us or them sort of proposition and that if you can create a platform that's alluring enough to the consumer, yeah. then you could become the chosen platform that the consumer chooses. And therefore, your own content gets exposure to them instead of them going off to some alternative platform where there's no DSTV. Absolutely. I mean, I think you've summarized it best today. So if you, what, we also, what we're also finding is that those, the, the customers that have got access to all of the content in one platform are far more stickier. You know, right. the, the customer experience is much better. Mm-hmm. And and we get a lot of great feedback as a result of that. You know, for us, it's a simplicity for the customer. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So the, the the UI on 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 glass looks incredible. Um, does it stay on these TVs only, or do you bring the interface to to third party devices at some point, or other multi choice developed boxes? Or yeah, yeah, that's that's the long term plan. Mm-hmm. I mean, we need to create. We need to create the unified experience. It's also it's great for the customer, but it's also great for my business because it makes support a lot easier. Right. Um, you know, so if you look at o- overall, the long term plan is that you want to be able to take that user experience and make it consistent. You mm-hmm. know, so you don't have to also train the customer over and over around. Oh, okay, now I'm using this device. Oh, this is how now this works. Yeah. Uh, oh, when I switch to here, this is how that works. You know. So the, for us, the simplicity of content discovery and usage for the customer is absolutely fundamental. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think. If you think about it, Duncan, over, every, everybody keeps talking about migrating to creating platform businesses, right? Mm. You talk to the banks, talk to the telcos, everybody, that's the new buzzword is platform. Mm. How we think about it is that the, the, the people that will be able to execute that well and simplify it for the customers will be the guys that will win. Yeah. 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 It's all about customer simplicity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that UI will stay on your own hardware or do you think at some point consumers could just download it off the internet? We'll, we'll, we'll see it with time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see with time. So uh, yeah. when, is, when is Glass launching? When, when will consumers be able to buy one of these TVs? Yeah, I don't have exact timelines now, but, mm-hmm. but we, we, I'd probably say 12 to 18 months. Okay. If, I think about, if I think about how long it takes for, you know, because it's quite a lot of work we have to do to... Yeah. I mean, as great as it was, what you saw there, yeah. that is perfect for, for, you know, for Sky there. Mm. Uh, our consumers here have got different, we do some stuff unique and different that they don't do, you know. Right. Uh, for instance, if you look at the multiple language options, yes, you know, uh, it's something that people don't think about, but our, our, our PSL soccer lovers love that, the mm. ability to switch between the different commentary, they, they love that, mm-hmm. you know, uh, which obviously guy doesn't have to really worry about because everything is in English, mm-hmm. right? So, so there's a lot of that that we have to think about and integrate. And how do we how do we take our existing experience and you know and improve on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so up to eighteen months, possibly in time for Christmas twenty. <laughs> <laughs> if you spoke to my te- to, to my tech teams, they'll tell you I'm pushing for much earlier time than that. But anyway, <laughs> and, and I know at the showcase event, um, I, I forget it may have been Calvo or some, someone else at uh, at the event mentioned that um, there are going to be some aggressive uh, payment plans for these yes. uh, TVs to make them uh, more affordable yes. uh, to South African consumers. Uh, yeah. I, and I, I saw I had a look on the Sky website, and I see they've got forty eight month payment plans, yeah. uh, which includes obviously the subscription you yeah, need and yeah. all the rest of it. Yeah. You'll be coming to market with something similar, so we'll like be a 48 month plan? Or something yeah, like we'll that. be doing something similar. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we've, we've actually been in that, in that 
space for quite some time now. So a couple of years back, we, we launched our price lock offers, you know, uh, that that included the, the decoder, but also incl- or, or just a standalone where you just do a subscription price lock yeah. uh, product. So we actually, you can almost say we've been preparing ourselves to this, right? Because mm-hmm. it's one thing when you're a business, you're so used to selling a, a prepaid subscription mm-hmm. only to now getting into the credit space because mm-hmm. it's really about credit vetting and 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 getting your deliveries and logistics correct and so forth. And and I think in the last three or four years or so, we've managed to correct that. Mm. Yeah. You've had a big focus on local manufacturing for your decoders. Um, you've, you've partnered with local manufacturers. I think it's in East London you've had, yeah. have a, had or have a plant. Yeah, we, we did have a plant, yeah. uh, but it's now we, we're working with the guys. We've got the guys in Devon for yeah. the for the for the Zappas, mm-hmm. and then for the uh, PVR, uh, we've got the guys out in Jamestown. Oh, but, like, but it's all it's all local. Is it? Yeah, okay. yeah, it's microtronics. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in effect. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so for the DSTV glass, are you? That's the intent. Local Yeah, yeah. That's the intent. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really the intent. Right. You know, we obviously have to go through the details. We have to understand the complexity of how the manufacturing process will work. But absolutely, that's our intent. Okay. Is to do local manufacturing. I mean, we pride ourselves in that, right? It's, it also makes it easier when you have to kick somebody for extra orders. <laughs> Say, hey, please get the plant working over time. I need more stuff. <laughs> no, but but I mean I mean uh, we we really pride ourselves with that it yeah. provides you know employment opportunities locally, transfer of skills, mm. uh, and 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 hence the decision. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk a bit about streaming versus satellites. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we can call satellites a legacy product yet. Not yet. <laughs> it's, it's, it still has some legs. <laughs> but An- analog is, is, yeah. uh, is legacy, but satellite, okay. yes. But your, your, your streaming bouquets are now cheaper than your satellite bouquets, which suggests you're really pushing streaming hard. Yeah. Uh, this, this new TV, you don't yet know if you're going to put a satellite decoder into it yet, which is yeah. astonishing. Yeah. Um, so there's this move to streaming, and more and more of your customers are going to the term overseas is cord cutting, but we're not yeah. cable TV here. Yeah, yeah. So we're taking the satellite dish off the roof. <laughs> um, yeah. How does this, I mean, what does this mean for your business, managing your business through this transition? Mm. Because you've got a satellite transponder up there that you have to pay for on, on I think it's Intel Set 20. Yes. Um, that can't come cheap. Yes. Uh, your customers over the next few years are going to start migrating away from satellite and onto mm. streaming. Mm. Uh, you've still got the satellite um, lease requirements. Yeah. Uh, what does this do for your costs and how do you manage that th- over the coming years? Mm. So I think right now in South Africa, um, you, as much as broadband penetration could accelerate, particularly with, with, with COVID, right, and everybody going home and companies uh, subsidizing, people being at home with internet and mm-hmm. so forth, right, it's still not, unfortunately, it's not across everywhere. So you still have a very large base of customers that don't have broadband. Yeah. So how we think about it is that almost the, the two worlds will coexist for quite some time. And and now us also transforming into doing a lot of uh, satellite stuff allows us to learn a lot of different information, mm-hmm. right? So if, for, for instance, um, in the OTT world, content discovery is key and content recommendation, in fact, mm. becomes really crucial, which is very difficult to do in satellite. You don't have a feedback loop, you know? So. So from, from managing the business perspective, it's like, how do you transition, even within the teams, right? Yeah. How do we transition that we, we have people that are focused on existing business, which we think will, it still has uh, legs for quite some time, particularly with the broadband, broadband penetration not being as, you know, uh, as high as, 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 as it could be. And then secondly, in that new OTT world, what more can we do that we couldn't do mm-hmm. in the in the satellite? And for us, for instance, content recommendation is key. You yeah. know, yeah. Uh, we get a lot of we we, we 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 often get a lot of complaints around um, 
repeats and so forth. But we actually have a lot of content that's there, but it's very difficult for us to surface the content. Yes. You know, to say, you know, Duncan, you liked this, therefore you might like that, because we actually don't know what you were watching because mm. we don't have a feedback loop. So that kind of stuff starts to change how we think about content discovery and content recommendation and so forth. Yeah. So we think so we think it at mm. both we think that'll coexist for quite some time. Yeah. yeah. When you say quite some time, how many years are we? Oh no, no, I, don't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> I think I think I think it's a question for how, how quickly broadband penetration will happen. Yeah. 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 I think it's a function of that. Do you think streaming eventually kills satellite, kills digital kills terrestrial television? Maybe I, ten or twenty years down the line? It's a very good question, uh, Duncan. I think if you look at other parts of the world where the is broadband everywhere and fairly mm. cheap, you still have t- satellite there, right? Yeah, you think of the, your sky and the dishes in the US and they still have satellite yeah. there. So without getting too technical, and I know my techno guys will have a debate with me, but I'm still old school that I'm still stuck on on that 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 internet was designed for unicast, mm. you know, not multicast. Uh, and satellite was done for you know, if you just wanna, if you just wanna broadcast something at scale, mm. satellite still remains the most efficient way of, of doing that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm still stuck there. I know there's a, there's a, there's a lot of discussions around what the impact of five G will do and so forth. Mm. But I think overall, if you think about it, when it comes to large broadcast, uh, uh, broadcasting for large audience, satellite still remains the most mm. efficient way of doing it. At the back end, what is yeah. what is cheaper, satellite or or delivering over broadband? Um. It, it depends on the volume, you know, right. so, so you, you mentioned earlier your, your satellite's more fixed cost, mm-hmm. right? Whereas your, your streaming has got a bit of variability cost in there because of the CDN, that CDN cost that you pay. Yeah. And that's a function of how many people you have. Whereas on satellite doesn't matter, you know, whether I'm broadcasting to you alone or 100 yeah. people, the cost is the same. But does it scale like cloud services scale, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, so it's a function of both how many people you're broadcasting to, and for how long? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a, yeah. So it's that whereas in satellite is a fixed cost. Okay, yeah. but if everyone went to to broadband and ditch satellite, would it be cheaper for you or more yeah. expensive? I don't, I, I, <laughs> it's hard to tell because it's a function of how long that. Right. You mean you did like if we did a like for like? Right. It's very, it's very hard to tell. Six or six of one half a dozen. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very hard to tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It'll okay. also be. It'll also depend on what you know yeah. on the streaming side, what the people use it for, and so mm. forth. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's very very difficult to tell. So. I wanted to talk about your um, role as an ISP. Uh, you've launched, well, a couple of years ago, really, you launched uh, fixed LTE yes. packages with uh, high caps, not uncapped, high caps, yeah. um, and, and marketed those with your bouquets. Now, you've also just recently launched uh, DSTV Fiber offerings, which are uncapped, mm. um, very aggressively priced, which I want to ask you about. Um, is this a loss leader for you? Uh, the pricing looks very, very yeah. keen. Yeah. Uh, what's the what's the yeah. thinking behind being so aggressive with your with your bundling strategy? Yeah. So let me let me. Um, I'll start with the first question mm-hmm. about the FLTE that, that, that we did. Mm-hmm. We the the what we recognized and and COVID really accelerated that for us was that a lot of the customers were going online, uh, as I said as I said earlier. But one of the key things that we we've always had in that we've always had in satellite world that OTT we don't always have is the ability to control the customer user experience, mm-hmm. right? Because in satellite, the whole value chain, uh, uh, the whole value chain is within my control, mm-hmm. right? So if I want to make some adjustment, I can do it, you know, right across the value chain. Whereas in OTT, you're not in that space anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've, we've, we've had some interesting uh, challenges in the OTT space with some other, I can't name them, with other providers, mm-hmm. where you see some bufferings happening more. That's because of how they they do their capping and, 
you know, and so forth. So mm -hmm. we wanted to be in that space so we can control things mm -hmm. better for the customer. So, th so that was the one. That was the one. Uh, 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 one major reason, and the second reason was around customer simplicity. You know that we create this platform business where customers can come in and we can offer them a lot of services, you know, and they get to benefit of that. So our key mantra around bundling is bundle and save, mm -hmm. which then answers your third question, you know, which is around our launch offer um, on the on, on the fiber products. Mm -hmm. You know, that's our launch offer. We want to get in the market, fully understand what we're doing, you know, fully, fully understand. And of course, be, be disruptive. It has happened to us as well. Yeah. <laughs> People have come into our space and be very disruptive. But yeah, that's the intent, uh, uh, Duncan. It's, mm -hmm. it's that, 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 that offers a launch offer special that we've come in, you know, just to uh, disrupt and, 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 and be in the market. There's a little bit of confusion in my mind exactly how DSTV internet works. So if I sign up for DSTV Fiber at home, are you working with another internet service provider to bring those solutions to market? Or have you partnered directly with the fiber network operators themselves like Vumatel and OpenServe? Uh, and then you're providing your own internet services as an ISP on top of those fiber networks. Which is it? Yeah, that's correct. Your second option. That's correct. Mm -hmm. So if you look at our, if you look at our launch offer and the pricing and the speeds there, yeah. it's very clear that it's with OpenServe. OpenServe. Yeah. Yes. So we've done with OpenServe. Mm -hmm. um, so see if you want this now, you have to have OpenServe infrastructure in your neighborhood. Is that yes. correct? Yeah. Okay. For now. For now. But we, we're definitely onboarding others uh, as we move along. Okay. So the idea is that you go to our website. You say I'm looking for fiber, mm -hmm. and then we'll be able to. Oh, you're looking for internet. In fact. Yeah. You know, and then we'll be able to tell you this is what's available from us. So as we onboard more and more FNOs onto the network, then right. it becomes a lot better. Yeah, so that's absolutely, that's the intent. Okay. So we become like a, we call it a VISP, virtual ISP. Virtual ISP, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. But you're not working with another ISP? No, no, we're not working with another ISP, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nico, it's been a fascinating discussion. Before I let you go, I just want to uh, throw a question out there because I'm actually really fascinated <laughs> to know the answer to this. Yeah. If you had to pick a single uh, competitor um, we don't have to name a specific company, um, but uh, uh, in the free-to-air, you speak about OTTs, which is Netflix and Amazon Prime Video and Disney and all of those. Um, where, who, who would you say is MultiChoice's biggest competitor today? Is it the traditional free-to-air broadcaster like the SABC and other free-to-air broadcasters in the other markets in Africa you operate in, or is it these uh, streaming services which are uh, um, down the line? No, undoubtedly the OTTs. Uh, okay. And and not only from obviously from a consumer side and uh, but obviously I mean you you might have had this quite a number of times from us right perhaps the biggest challenge we have is the fact that there is no regulatory parity mm -hmm. that that hinders our ability to compete effectively yeah. you know so there's a lot of stuff I have to do that they don't have to do and and for us if we can have that regulatory parity yes. it then sets the ground the same you know it's like yeah. it's like going into a boxing ring with one eye patched mm -hmm. and you're fighting some you know big guys coming in there into the country. That's what it feels like to us, mm. that, that, that regulatory parity well, is quite important. What advantages does a Netflix have over you in the regulatory space? It's quite a lot. So there's no local content requirements mm -hmm. you know, around how, many, how much local content they have to do. Um, that's one, 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 major one major one that mm. I can... Is that an impediment, though, that, because that you that want to do local content anyway? Yeah, no, so, uh, but I think we need to... I think when you have that kind of stuff, it changes how, what certain things you can do and how you do it. Right. Um, uh, there's, there's, a, there's a whole issue around your, your PE requirement, mm -hmm. which, which doesn't, call, that doesn't always apply. Um, there's issues around uh, which fees are payable where, you know, that we have to do. Um, there's issues around 
um, as an example, there's an issue around uh, how you, you, you classify content and what you can broadcast, what you can. So there's quite a multitude, you know, of stuff, you know, that everybody that everybody uh, has to do, or that at least that we have yeah. to do that they don't have to do. Right. Yeah. Uh, so would you like to see those re- same regulations that are applied to multi-choice applied to Netflix and others? Should it not be a case of <laughs> those regulations yeah. be removed from multi-choice so that everyone can compete more easily? I think some of them are quite important. You know, um, if you think of, the, oh, we don't have to have talk about the history of the country, but yeah. there's certain things that uh, you, you would have to do to make sure that you grow the local economy, there's local employment. We think that so. So it's probably it's probably in between where there's some stuff we could say okay we don't really need but there's some stuff mm-hmm. that we need yeah but ultimately for us the key thing is that there's regulatory parity right yeah either, either way right either way yeah and and it was you know it was a it was a big submission point for us when we when there was the the ICASA hearing into that pay television you know mm-hmm. that's the point we made mm-hmm. that you know firstly the 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 the, the market has completely changed. And, and secondly, we need to make sure that there's a regulatory parity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A question I'd be remiss not to ask before I let you go, because everyone always asks me this question, and uh, I'm sure you've got a stock standard answer to it. By <laughs> now. Are you ever going to um, uh, allow customers to, to pick their own channels instead <laughs> of... Uh, and I, I, I bet you ask this question all the time, yeah, yeah, and I'm do. sure you have a standard answer to it. <laughs> but let's hear it anyway. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I said, somebody asked me the same question. I said, you know, it's like... It's like going to the to the vision actor to the gym and say, "Can I just pay for treadmill and swimming? I don't want to pay for all the other equipment you have." You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know it's 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 a very complex answer. To, mm-hmm. You know, it's very it's also very complex to to execute. Yeah. And if we really had to to price channels in that way, it actually become more expensive for the customer. Right. Right. Um, if you think of the value of sport and the sport channels and how and how much we pay to acquire the sport. And we, we we created an ability for the customer to cherry pick. Mm. It'll it'll become prohi- prohibitively expensive, and it's also very difficult for us to execute on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's there. Yeah, that's the, that's really really that's really mm-hmm. the reason behind it. Yeah, it'll become prohibitively expensive. Mm-hmm. I think in India they did something similar, if I'm not mistaken, where you, they could, but most customers ended up with ended up with going with the with, with the bouquet structure because right. we because we do allow some, you know, uh, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of that word, but but essentially. It'll, it just becomes way too expensive. Yes. Yeah. To, yeah. to the consumer and much more complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nico Shiburi is uh, Chief Executive of MultiChoice South Africa. Always great to talk to you, Nico. Thanks yeah. for joining us in the studio today. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks.